how about that cigar? Oh, how about that cigar? Gosh, I, <laughs> ladies I and I gentlemen, totally missed the you forgot your line. Oh, I, it happens. I mean, sorry, it's only episode 175. It's 75. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I'll get there. Should we do another another cut? Let's do it. All how, right. How about that cigar? How about that cigar? There we go. Much better. See, practice N- makes perfect. It. Nailed it. Guys, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 175 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you so much for listening to How About That Cigar Live. When you drive down the road, when you work out, whatever it is you do, when you listen to your favorite audio podcast, thank you so much for making us a part of that. And here in the beautiful Drew Estate Cigar Studios, we have an announcement uh, that Drew Estate, joined by James Hetfield of Metallica and Rob Dietrich of Blackened American Whiskey, just unveiled the all-new Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate, an exploration into the deepest, darkest, and heaviest depths of the mystical Maduro leaf. Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estates joins uh, presents a journey through different Maduro leaves, starting with a thick and oily San Andreas Maduro wrapper, followed by a thick and meaty Connecticut River Valley broadleaf Maduro binder, and like finally, and, meaty. <laughs> and finally, a blend of Nicaraguan and Pennsylvania Pennsylvania broadleaf Maduro tobaccos. Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate will be presented in beautiful copper-accented black 20-count boxes and will debut in a 5x50 Robusto, 6x52 Toro, 7x50 Corona Doble, and a 5x43 Corona. For more information, please visit DrewEstate.com. I'm so off my game. That was the first time I ever did that read, mm-hmm. and there were like three missteps in there. Hey, we'll get there. I mean, it's just... We'll get there. I'm, I'm like the Kirk Cousins of ad reads. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to, bro. No, it's hey. Uh, So, so both our teams basically didn't deserve to win our games on Sunday. They didn't earn them, but we still ended up with wins. Correct. Um. So, you guys had the early, and I know you slept like basically. You said. Like th- through the whole weekend, you slept like twenty minutes Dude, total. Yeah, this last yeah. like five days has been uh, has been ridiculous. One of those, and then yeah, the Vikings had to play in London, so I wake up at eight fifteen on a Sunday <laughs> to watch to watch, to watch football. football. Yeah, now, to go to church is a whole nother thing. Like that's you know one thing, but you know you're committed when you wake up early to watch your your team. Yeah. Um, well, Packers have to play there this coming Sunday. Yeah, that's um, right. And the Packers, I mean, we played the Patriots in Lambeau Field. The Patriots are in the bottom five in as far as NFL teams go leading up to this. And, I mean, it comes down to overtime and the last three seconds of overtime, Mason Crosby kicking a field goal to break the tie to win the game. It was, it was just ugly. Aaron Rodgers... Uh, and I was saying that through the whole game, the defense was were playing like clowns. Yes, the offense were playing like clowns. Yep. Rogers threw another pick. Yep, it's it just did not look good. No, at all. It really didn't. Um, and 
you know, that I'll give, I'll give Coop a little bit of razzing right now. That awful, awful, horrible coach we have in Green Bay, Matt LaFleur. What an absolute joke that coach is. Please, I'm being, I'm being sarcastic. Calls him, Coop calls him LaFleur. LaFleur, yeah, I'm being sarcastic right now. I think Matt LaFleur is a fine coach and, you know, um, Anyway, um, let's not get into that. <laughs> That's a whole other show. Uh, so the uh, last time we talked, we basically knew that the Twins were out of contention, but it officially on paper, it was not mathematically 100% yet. Well, the very next day, it was mathematically 100%. The Twins are completely out of contention as well it should be because if they were in contention, then there's Goop. Hey, <laughs> If the if the red uh, I'm sorry if the twins were in contention then they would only increase their their uh, losing streak in uh, for Minnesota playoff teams uh, and for the twins in general um, and what's that they would lose to the Yankees they would absolutely wild card that 100 percent they would lose, lose to the, the Yankees. Yankees are too good yep um, and uh, happy news that the NHL NHL season starts yes. uh, on the 11th of this month, and uh, we're excited for it. The Wilds start a couple days later uh, at home on the 13th against the Rangers. So excited for the NHL season to get underway because baseball, I mean, but I'll watch postseason baseball. I will watch it, but, mm-hmm. you know, sad that there's really, I don't really have a, you know, a horse in the race. Um, yeah, I don't either. It's, I mean, I, I, there, there are teams that I'd love to see, you know, do well in the playoffs. I'd love to see, I know it sounds weird, but uh, well, I shouldn't say I know it sounds weird. You know, there's this, there's there people have almost made like a fashion out of hating on the New York Yankees. I'm not one of those people. I don't hate no, the New York Yankees. I don't hate them either because they've got a great and Raul, our friend is sitting over here and he's a huge Yankees fan. And I don't hate on the New York Yankees. You know, they've had a lot of great success over the years, and I applaud them for it. I you know, and there was people that were, because um, every time Mike Judge would come up to bat, or Mike Judge. <laughs> the guy who made Beavis and Butthead? Yep. Wow, he plays for the Yankees? Yeah. He's really good. <laughs> he was about to, he was about to smash a single season home run record. Um, but every time shut up Beavis Aaron judge <laughs> came up to bat, uh, whatever, you know, uh, sports you were watching, yeah. they would have that. Screen. Oh yeah, they would they I, do. The and split I saw, screen. you know, a handful of people that were like, it's so annoying if, you know, we wanted to be watching our, our polo and we got to watch, Aaron, you know, whatever it was. We got to watch Aaron judge, you know, swing and miss, you know, a million times over the last couple of days. I think it's great. I, I love sports. it. I, think I do too. Yeah, it's good for sports. Um, I don't. I don't have any problem with that. Um, do, doesn't Aaron Judge look like Butthead? Well, <laughs> maybe a little. But we all wish we had him on our team. <laughs> we all wish we had him on our team. Absolutely. Um, and I love how how he's he's just a really low key mm-hmm. individual. He just does his job, and then he goes back and sits in the dugout. He's not brash. He's not. You know, um, he's not over the top. He's not a hothead. You know, he's just a good player all around. And that's what I like about him. So, and the Mariners are a good story, you know, getting back into the playoffs for the first time in what, 22 years or something like that. Post Ichiro. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, so it's, I don't know, it's going to be exciting, exciting postseason baseball. Um, but obviously we wish our teams were in the race, but you know, they're not. So it's all good. Like we always say, there's <laughs> always next year. The Minnesota sports fan, like mantra. Yeah. It's the mantra. It's it the, is. it's the welcome to Minnesota. Here's your better luck next year. T-shirt. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, it is it is yeah. time. It yeah. is time. We're not going to waste any more time. We got a no. great special guest this evening. Yes. One of our favorite guests to have on the show. This is probably his fifth appearance on the show. I mean, not that we play favorites, but with this guy, we kind of play favorites. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Absolutely. So let's get right into our main event of the evening, guys. And as always, special guests on How About That Cigar Live are brought to us by our friends at Corona Cigar Company. Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars made with Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz knew it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Tampa, Lake Mary, and a new location coming soon to Sarasota. To learn more, visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please put your hands together and welcome back to the show. This time, episode 175 from Crown Head Cigars, Miguel Shodell. Welcome back to the show, brother. Thank you guys for having me on. I always enjoy being on your guys' show. And I uh, love that you guys were talking some baseball there. I can't talk NHL. I'm not a hockey guy. I don't watch a lot of football for the NFL, but baseball I can get into. Well, I, and I did want to touch on, uh, you know, your team because, uh, you know, the Cincinnati Reds had a rough year kind of overall. Um, it, it, but it was exciting to watch because they started out really so rough. But then they had some bright spots, you know, with some exciting, you know, a few exciting plays, a few exciting games in the middle of the season. So just kind of give us your overall thoughts on uh, the 2022 season for for the Cincinnati Reds. Well, you know, it started very rough with some of the comments made by um, uh, Phil Castellini's son, the owner's son, uh, who's very involved in the organization, made some comments really upset the fans. Uh, we started out absolutely horrible kind of balanced things out by the by the middle of the season a little bit better. Um, had a few good runs there, but the injuries <clears throat> were overwhelming. I think Reds had the most <clears> – <throat> I think it was the most days of players on the injured reserve list. And then our, you know, our all-star, our, our, you know, top guy on our team, Joey Votto, uh, wind up uh, leaving, you know, had, had to call the season short because of a, a shoulder injury and surgery. But it was actually fun watching him because he hit a lot of milestones for the organization this year. So a lot of the fans like me that were watching, we're really watching to see Joey, um, what, you know, Joey was going to do as he moves up the list on every record on the Reds franchise. I mean, by the time he retires in the next two years, he'll go down as probably – um, record-wise, the best Cincinnati Red to ever play. I mean, he'll have almost every record, obviously, outside of the the hits, which Pete Rose had. And he's spent his entire career as a Red, so obviously that helps a lot. But um, overall, 
it's, it was a rough season, but I always do say there is next year because you never know. I remember in 1989, I was a little kid and did not know that in 1990, the Reds were going to go wire to wire and win it all and beat the almighty uh, Oakland Athletics. So you just never know. You never know. Um, and I know the Twins underperformed a little bit. I I, I watched the Twins a little bit, and uh, but what, what you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, there's yeah. there's 30 teams in baseball, and you know only so many get to the postseason, and and in any 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 sport, only one team really hits achieves the goal that they set out for in spring training. Yeah. Would you rather? I mean, just from a phil- philosophical standpoint, would you rather you know see the Twins or see the Reds? sneak into the wild cards knowing that they pretty much have zero shot or would you just see them end their season quietly and regroup for next year no i postseason baseball i don't think there's anything like it in baseball i don't care if we sneak in on a wild card and we're up against the almighty whoever um that wouldn't bother me uh that would mean an extra game that means a little party at my house (laughs) <laughs> and um, so I'll take it any way I can get it. Sneaked yeah. in, backed in, through the back door, side door, <laughs> any kind of my team in the postseason. Uh, it happens so rarely that uh, I will take it any which way possible. And and yeah. and it is. It's it's any anything can happen on a one game series in baseball. Yeah. So with Miguel, all doors are open. Is what I heard. Yeah. Well, all the doors. <laughs> and I think if I'm if I remember right. I mean, I do know for a fact that Twins are playing as we speak. If I remember right, it is their last game of the season, I think. If I think somebody so. wants yes. to check that out for me, you know, let me know. But I'm pretty sure tonight is is the last uh, the last hoorah. Well, um, Matt, let's get you fired up yeah, I'm, so you I'm, can uh, enjoy this cigar. I, I need to get, uh, get my cigar going. So we're going to go over to the toast cam here. When lighting your cigar, it is important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Silver Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. Very nice. Mm-hmm. That's a taste. Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. I know. I right so, off the light. I mean, it's just I didn't flavor. Because I know that you know we have to wait for you to smoke, but I, I've wanted to uh compliment this cigar for some time, but I didn't want to rub it in your face. Yeah, put, you put it up yet. there. So we are all smoking, and I believe M- Miguel is also smoking. Yes, I am. The blood medicine. Um, now we kind of had a false start with this line a little bit. Can you walk us through, uh, that and, um, yeah, just talk about, uh, the, the blood medicine here. Well, it all stems from John creating an event cigar years ago called snake oil. And, uh, you know, just kind of fun play on words and, and, um, you know, as as sales guys, you know, we go out there, we make sales and, you know, kind of harkering back to the old days of the guys that would be selling, you know, um, elixirs and things that would help, you know, people grow back hair or whatever. It was kind of that fun play. Well, someone owned the copyright on that name. And so we wind up doing um, another cigar called Blood Medicine. Um, and we've made it in several different factories. Um, and this one is the latest uh, rendition of Blood Medicine. 
Um, and this cigar, I, you know, it's not about, I always say this cigar is really about kind of mystery and fun. It comes in a four pack. It's only available at specific events around the country. It's a limited run uh, event only cigar. And uh, if you can get your hands on it, you buy a box of crown heads at an event, check out our event website, crownheads.com roadshow. And then on those roadshows, it'll be, it'll say if it's a blood medicine event, you buy a box at a blood medicine event, you get a four pack of these and the packaging is beautiful. I love it. The, the little write up on it, I think is fun. Um, and it's really just a, it's a medium body, very complex cigar that has a lot of depth of flavor, cedar notes, woodsy characteristics. And as weird as it may sound, it almost has a lemon peel kind of uh, aroma to it. It's just really bright, very it refreshing tobacco yeah. and really, really nice cigar. And that's kind of the story of it. It's really about fun. You know, we do a lot of hats. We do some lighters. And having an event only cigar is not something that we do all the time. It's whenever we find a blend that we like that we're going to do a short run on, we choose it to, to be this, this project. And it turned out really well. Um, the little write-up on the box, I think, is fun. You know, kind of tongue-in-the-cheek kind of kind of thing. And, and uh, it's, it's beautiful. And I'm glad you got you guys, you got your hands on them because there are not a lot of them. And so I hope you enjoy it. And, and uh, as we, you know, continue on this journey of crown heads, we're in our 11th year uh, as a brand uh, creating kind of fun projects. This is just another one of those projects that John Huber's worked on and really created a really cool cigar. Yeah, I dig it. I mean, right away, as soon as I lit it, there was, mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of times we've talked about this before mm -hmm. that, it's so common with cigars um, these days. There's so many blends out there that when you first light it up, it takes a good two or three minutes for that overwhelming pepperiness to go away and sort of dissipate and for the blend to sort of settle in. Well, this one, this one didn't have that at all. It settled in really from the toast. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the flavors and aromas were, were noticeable and, you know, accessible right away instead of having to wait for the pepper to die down. There is no foreplay. This cigar gets right down to business <laughs> right away. I well, love that. Speaking of getting right down to business, I think we should just let's uh, let's tackle the beast. Let's okay. talk, tackle the, the the elephant in the room. Let's get uh -huh. to business and, um, and then let's let's get this out of the way, and then we'll talk about and then we'll crown get, head cigars. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll get fun stuff. So obviously. Um, a lot of things happening in the news and rumors and blah, 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 and all the icky stuff. But Miguel, we just want to give this opportunity for you to give um, your piece, your, you know, 40,000 foot view of uh, the situation at hand and, and uh, where we're going to go from here. Yeah, look, you know, Crown Heads has a long history uh, in this business and the company's been around 11 years, but Mike, John and Tim, the owners of Crown Heads, they've been in the business you know, combined, you're probably now looking with Tim involved. I mean, God, um, 60 something plus years, probably experience in the premium cigar industry from CAO and Tim's family founded in 1968 to John joining Crown Heads in the early 90s to Mike Connor getting in in 1980, uh, wind up being VP of sales for General Cigar for many years and then the executive at Crown Heads or at CAO. Obviously, that's where I met those guys. <clears throat> we've worked with a lot of different manufacturers. You know, we we worked with uh, Willie Herrera at Drew Estate. We've worked with um, the Garcia family. You know, Jaime, Yanni, as well as Pepin um, at the My Father Cigar Factory. We've been blessed to work with our godfather Ernesto Perez Carrillo, EPC, at his factory, which is called TLA Tobacco Little La Alianza in the Dominican. Uh, and then we worked with Tobacco Little Pichardo 
Um, and, and Iradio Pichardo is just a, has a long history in the cigar industry. Great guy from Cuba. Um, and he's had a couple different factories in Nicaragua over the years. And um, he teamed up with Luciano Morales a few years ago and, and they were manufacturing cigars and they, they've done some cigars for us like Mil Diaz and Juarez. And, uh, and then, um, you know, obviously we distributed um, their brand Ace Prime. And I think we did a really good job at, at expanding their brand. I think when we took over their brand, I mean, it was in less than, you know, 30, 40 shops in the country. And, and you know, we're doing a, a really good number with their product and very proud of that, you know. But obviously, as all distribution agreements, they eventually come to an end. They need to do their thing, go off on their own and, and really do their own, you know, uh, build their future, you know. And and uh, but the drama that you've seen on 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 press releases and things it's really strange that we get, we got really kind of pulled into it, but the reality is the drama was at the factory between Radio Pichardo and Luciano Morales. That's really where the issue was. And for us, it was really kind of us stepping back saying they, they need to get their house in order and we don't need to be a part of that. But all of that turned into getting us dragged into kind of a messy ordeal. And, and I'm sure over the next month or so, you'll see, you know, press releases probably coming out from both of their parties um, talking about Ace Prime and the factory and who's involved, who's not involved. But Iradio's always had his hands on all of our blends from Mil Diaz to Juarez to CHC Serie E and as well as this blood medicine. And I've known Iradio a long time and he's a wonderful guy, stand up guy, honest guy. And um, he just has a great long history in his business. So the reality is through all the press releases, you know, our name has been kind of thrown around a little bit um, by one of the two parties. And so we had to put out a cease and desist and say, hey, listen, you know, we've been in this business a long time, longer than than, um, you know, not a radio, but longer than Luciano. So we we're like, hey, listen, we don't you guys can battle. You guys do what you got to do. But, you know, for us and our name, we've built a very long, honest, hardworking, um, you know, reputations in his business. So that's really where it all came down to. And I think that's really the honest part of it. You know what I mean? The honest part of it is we distributed Ace Prime. Ace Prime is not the factory. The factory is completely separate from that. It's a different entity. And after everything is said and done, you know, we'll, we'll kind of assess where they're at, their factory's at, and who, you know, who's involved, who's doing what. And then we'll decide what we'll do going forward. But um, those things happen in the industry. Mm -hmm. You know, it just unfortunately we got dragged into something um, that really has very little to do with us, you know. Sure. And so, um, and that's really, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to glance over it or whatever. I'm just trying to be very honest. And, and I know they've changed their name, their distribution. I, you know, one of the parties I think is looking for another factory to do some stuff. And mm -hmm. the reality is that's not part of our business. You know what I mean? Our core business of what we do, you know, we, we help this company out and, and hopefully they'll get their stuff sorted out. It's a small industry. Mm -hmm. And um, the reality is, is I think that if you work hard, you represent the industry with pride um, and it's really about carrying that flag of the industry and carrying it on to the next generation and really promoting it. If you're doing that, then everything else kind of falls into place. You know what I mean? And I don't w Ill wish ill will on anyone, but I do think that different personalities don't always work together. And so maybe it's time for other people to get doing their thing and other people do their thing. And the reality is Crown Heads has 11 years of solid reputation, hard work, putting out great blends, working great with our partners. You know what I mean? And, and so hopefully the future is bright. And I think yeah. for the industry, I think the future is bright, especially from Crown Heads point of view of what we do and what we do every day. I mean, we have, 
you know, our relationship with your state, my father, EPC going strong, you know, 11 years. Um, and, and it's been incredible. I mean, that's really yeah. all I can, that's all I really can say, you know? Sure. No, and we, and we appreciate that. I yeah. uh, just wanted, wanted you to have a chance to, um, you know, just share a few thoughts on that. And we, we really appreciate yeah. it. Um, Raul has a good question and, you know, will you, do you, are you hoping to work with, uh, you know, Pichardo, uh, the, the man Pichardo in the future? Well, I have a lot of, I've known Radio longer than I've known anyone in their organization. You know, I've mm-hmm. known him for the longest out of all of them. And I, I'm a big fan of his cigars. I'm a big fan of his tobacco. I'm a big fan of his blending and what he does. Um, and so, as I would always say, is there's always an opportunity, always. John and Mike make those decisions, right? I'm in sales, but I always, I've never seen them close the door on people. I always see them willing to open a door and always willing to work with people. Um, we get it, we get it, you know, we get a, 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 people send us blends all the time from a lot of different factories and the future, who knows? There's, there's always opportunities. People want to work and, and do stuff with us. So would we, I, I would never say no to that. Yeah. Um, He's a he's a he's one of those uh, kind of unsung heroes in the in the industry. As there's a lot of them in Nicaragua, a lot of them in the Dominican Republic, a lot of them in Honduras that may not get the publications, you know, in the Hall of Fames or anything. There are just the hardworking guys who make sure the tobacco is great, who plant great seeds, who harvest great tobacco, who ferment and grow have great rollers. Those guys are kind of the unsung heroes. So if they're good, honest, hardworking guys, I always think there's an opportunity there. You know? Yeah. Well, he's a straight G too, uh, from from what I hear. Yeah, old school Cuban. Absolutely, yeah. old school, very old school dude, man, very old school guy. So, what about um, you know lines like Mel Diaz? Where does that line stand um, at this point? Well, we've got plenty of inventory to last us um, to the end of the year, um, and so that really depends on you know what happens, right? Okay. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you where it's going to go, who it's going to go to or what, but I can tell you that I think in the coming month, I think everything will kind of sort itself out and we'll be able to say, Hey, this is where everything is. This is where, you know, it's going to go, where it's going to stay, where it's going to evolve to. Um, and I think that's coming down the line, but I think if you're a fan of Juarez, Mildias, CHC, those blends are the same blends I've always been. And they'll continue to be the same blends as they've always been. Awesome. Good deal. Um, So I want to jump into a lot of really cool, cool new stuff that, you know, we, we got sneak peeks of at uh, the PCA trade show. The biggest one that I want to jump into first is uh, the addition of uh, Tim Osgener and Osgener family cigars being a part of the crown heads family now. So, um, you know, I was saying before we went live, you know, I picked up, um, you know, one of the new blends, and I'm going to say it, Pi Synesthesia. Pi Synesthesia. Very Synesthesia. close. Yeah. I was close. Yep. So, yeah, yep. I picked this up at Sodi's uh, yesterday uh, and and I've had a couple of the other, uh, you know, things. So, um, you know, again, he's he's somebody you've known for for a very long time. So 20 talk years. about the excitement level behind, you know, having him part of the family now and uh, what some of the products that are coming out. Uh, that that smokers can expect in their shops. Well, Tim gave me my first job in the industry 20 years ago. So I have so much love and affection for the Osgener family. Uh, John Osgener, Tim's father. Um, Jono was, God, I mean, I wouldn't even know he 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 how to say it, but the guy was just, 
who was an amazing human being, gave a lot to the tobacco industry, either be pipe or cigars. He created CAO. Those are his father's initials. Started in 1968 in the, in the basement of his house in, in Nashville. Tim and Eileen, uh, Eileen is Tim's sister. They came up in, in, with the company. And, and obviously, everyone knows where CAO became and, and what CAO is, right? And so Tim was the president uh, and gave me my first job. And uh, I did a lot of events with Tim. I've always kept in contact with Tim. When his father passed away, I went to the celebration of life that they had in Nashville. Tim has always been behind the scenes with, with crown heads, obviously. Um, and Tim will tell you the story, you know, I'll get Tim on your guys' show, but, but Tim will tell the story that, you know, he's always, he's always smoking cigars. And every time I've hung out with him over the years, the 11 years he's been out of the business, um, he's always been smoking cigars with us and hanging out with us. But I, what happened was during, uh, the beginning of the pandemic, a friend of his, and I'll probably butcher the story a little bit, but a friend of his was saying, you know, Hey, I know this guy and, and he, you, you know, you can kind of do this like reflection on your life where you kind of lay out your entire life, the highs and lows. And you kind of, um, you know, every year you go through your life and you kind of see where things were, where were the ups, where were the downs, where were the successes, where were the failures? How did you bounce back or whatever? And, and what Tim found was by doing that, that exercise, that some of the most joyous times in his life was when he was president of CAO and the fun that he had with consumers and building blends and designing products. And it was such an exciting time. And, and so, you know, he, him and Mike, you know, said, Hey, you know, let's, let's do this. And, and they worked on it way before it was announced, you know, Tim was behind the scenes working on stuff, working on ideas. And, and uh, as his first core release Bosphorus, which is out in the market now, there's a lot of thought that went into that cigar. There's a lot of thought that went into the packaging, the, the, the symbolism in the packaging as well. And then Pi Synastasia, the cigar you have is kind of, kind of an ode to his father. Um, and his father, after CAO sold, John Owasgener started painting and fell in love with art and the old CAO headquarters in Nashville, which is, um, called Oz arts. It, it's, it's a not-for-profit arts organization where they have visual performing arts and um, and his father was really involved in that. And his father was a painter and painted until the last couple months of his life. And one of the things that his father was an engineer for DuPont before he started CAO in 1968. And one of the things that he loved was numbers and he loved um, paint. He loved numbers and colors. And, and, and that's how synesthesia, which is this kind of disease, if you will, that uh, you know, it, it could be as simple as someone saying a number to you and you think a color or someone says a color and you think of a, a, a flavor or whatever it may be. Right. And so Tim had kind of a lot of John's paintings were based on pie, the number pie, and then assigning a color um, to each number. And so that is what you see on the band there. That is actually a painting. It's an installation that they have in the Oz Arts that his father did. And you see the different lines and the different lines have colors, but they're different lengths. And that depends on the number and color, how they correspond. So the, the idea is, you know, what did yellow taste like? What is yellow? What, what is the, what, if someone said yellow to someone with synesthesia, what would it taste like? And so that's kind of the way he approached that project. And so Pi Synesthesia Yellow is a limited edition. Um, I think we did 2,500 boxes, launched it at the trade show. And it's now getting out to the market. And uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful cigar. And the packaging also is incredible. Has a replica of Jono's signature in the inside of the box. And I think you'll see more of those as the years progress. And, and probably will do the whole 
kind of pie, um, um, you know, kind of taking art into, into cigars. So it was kind of a really cool concept. Uh, I am a sucker for good Connecticut cigar. Uh, I, I'm like anyone else. I like dark. I like oily. I love Mexican San Andreas wrappers. I love boldness, but there is something to be said. I came up in cigars in the nineties where Connecticut's were the rage. And so my first love was kind of Connecticut. So when I can get my hands on a really good Connecticut, um, there's something special about it. Right. And we do have a whole host of people that maybe Bosphorus is going to be more their style. It's darker, oilier, more aggressive, medium, um, some bold flavor characteristics. But there's always room for that beautiful Connecticut cigar. And I tell guys, look, if you don't smoke a Connecticut because you smoke the fuller body or the medium body stuff, go back and try Connecticut because that is so much of the 90s of the cigar industry in the 90s is really what saved the industry. The 80s were rough, man. I mean, you yeah. talk to any of the families that were involved in the 80s, and it was their kids were going to college because this industry was going to die. The boom mm-hmm. came uh, and then really kind of saved the industry. And and so there is this kind of love that I have because I've been involved. I've been in, you know, a, a fan of cigars since the since the 90s that Connecticut, there's something special about a really good Connecticut. And I think that cigar hits everything you want out of a Connecticut. Awesome. Fantastic. I love it. And it's, it's cool to see, um, you know, sort of him getting, getting reinvigorated and excited again about the, not that he wasn't, you know, the time that he took away from the industry that he wasn't still, you know, uh, excited about cigars, but sort of see him reinvigorated in his passion for cigars. It's very cool. You know, what was really neat was going to the trade show with Tim because you got to remember, Tim were Tim was going to those, you know, since the late '80s with his father. You know yeah. what I mean? Helping, you know, load boxes or whatever. And then the CAO days where we threw the biggest parties at uh, RTDA at the time, and then IPCPR later, now PCA. But we were throwing the biggest parties. We had um, Tommy Lee. We had, um, oh man, we had uh, a bunch of bands that we brought in. It was incredible time. But what was neat about this trade show was seeing Tim there, and then him. Um, talking with um, Rick Rodriguez, right? Because you had Tim Osgener, whose family created CAO. Tim obviously became the face of CAO. They sold the company to STG. STG wound up buying Swedish Match in general and then all merged together. And John Huber, Mike Condor, Tim Osgener, the three real faces of CAO, did not go when when it would merge with general. And right. so there was an abs- there was there was a need for someone to step up and and be the face of CAO. And Rick Rodriguez at the time was part of Team La Gloria Cubana, which was in General's um, bag of brands as well. And he came originally, I think he started as a rep for them. And and Rick got to take over that brand and obviously did some awesome and incredible things with CAO and, and took it to another level. And so to see both those guys there at the trade show this year, both with their histories through CAO, they were both there launching their own thing. Rick was launching his first brand based on him and his family, West Tampa Cigar. And then you had Tim coming back with Oz Family Cigars. It was just an incredible kind of to see these two men at the show kind of starting over and just their passion for the industry and everything they've brought and how their stories kind of crossed at one point. And it was really neat. It was neat to see that. And um, so, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. The Osmer family, uh, I've said it many times, you know, they gave me my first job. I learned everything I did 
working with them and Mickey Pegg, who owns All Saints Cigars. Mickey was our, our VP of sales at CAO. Mickey taught me a lot. Um, and there's just, and Mickey now has his own brand, you know, as I said, all saints, I mean, it's, it's yeah. incredible how many people have come out of that organization or was involved in an organization and created these incredible brands as Mike and, and John creating crown heads. I mean, it's, it, it was really incredible. If you're a fan of history and history of when it comes to the cigar industry, these people are, are legends in this business and they yeah. continue to do this. I mean, you look at a guy like Christian Uroa when they sold uh, Camacho to, to, to Davidoff and then what he's created post Davidoff or post, you know, Camacho and CLE yeah. and asylum with Tom Lazuka. I mean, it's, it's incredible. All these guys, it's in their blood. Um, as I said, Tim, you know, his father started CAO as a pipe company in 1968. It's been, it's been in his family line forever. And so it's exciting to see those guys come back and give more to the industry. And as we all believe that it's more about what you give than what you take from the industry. And um, so it's exciting to see what Tim's doing. Definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, the the other big one this year that, um, I mean, there's a, a lot of other ones, but this one really was exciting for me because I was a fan, uh, you know, when the first, when the first one dropped and then finding out that Le Patissier, mm. you know, was getting expanded, new sizes, all that stuff. Um, you know, that was for, just for me as a fan of the blend. I know Raul, huge fan of the blend, you know, sitting over there with a big smile on his face. And, and you know, these these new sizes, um, you know, it just gives options for, you know, cigar smokers who like you know, a different Vitola. So, um, you know, talk us through that, the decision to take that blend into kind of a wider range. I think John, John really loved that blend that he worked on. Uh, Le Patissier, and obviously we put it out in kind of a Lonsdale um, at the trade show now year and a half ago, two years ago almost, I guess. Um, and Tim loved that cigar, um, put it out as a limited one size release. And we've done things like that in the past before. Heavy Grange came out as a one size line. Uh, I think um, uh, a few other brands that we've done as well. And, and a guy like John, I think when a blend doesn't leave his mind and it constantly is on his mind, he's constantly thinking about it and said, you know what? I think that blend deserves its own full package, full release sizes that, you know, the market would really respond to. And so I think it's the prettiest band that we've ever done. I think it's it's one of the prettiest logos I've ever ever done. Uh, Le Carême is a brand of ours that has always been very popular. It's a cigar made for us by EPC. And there was a point there where Broadleaf was very hard to get. And so Le Petissier kind of almost filled that void a little bit, right? And so there you go. <laughs> brothers, right? They're brothers, side basically. Side. <laughs> and, uh, and so Le Petissier is kind of an offshoot of Le Carême. And, and Le Petissier means the baker. Uh, obviously, it's French. The, the color is kind of uh, John is inspired as an artist. You know, he was in a, uh, in a, like a, a pastry shop in, in Tennessee a couple holidays ago and he had saw these um, macaroons and the different colors and all that and, and thought, man, you know, that they really stuck with him. So when he worked on Le Petissier, that's really the inspiration behind the name. And the cigar is really has a natural sweetness undertone to it. And it has these, it, it's, it's interesting because when you smoke it, to me, it has some bold characteristics, but when you blow out the smoke, it leaves like this natural little sweetness on your palate that people seem to really respond and love. And the, and the four sizes that he chose, I love each of those sizes. Um, two of them were inspired by, um, 
the number 50 and number 54 were inspired by the um, one of the, the the French brand from Cuba. Uh, help me out, gentlemen. Um, French. Uh, oh, uh, uh, let's uh, Atelier or no, Kai no, uh, um, Dorsey. Yeah, Kyo Dorsey. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so, and they when they repackaged that, those were two sizes that, that uh, John really loved, and so he chose two of those, and then two other sizes as well. And uh, and obviously, Le Carême is all box pressed. And so this is a round cigar. Parejo is what it's referred to as a round cigar. And so it's kind of nice for maybe people who don't prefer a box press. They can smoke Le Petitier. It's round. Um, just a beautiful cigar and definitely was one of the most talked about cigars at the trade show this year. Well, and the other one um, that I've got here in front of me, you know, this year's iteration of the Las Calaveras. Yes. Um, talk to us about this mm-hmm. This year's Las Calaveras, and then that's going to kind of lead us into um, a little bit broader discussion about uh, sort of limited stuff. So talk to us about this year's Las Calaveras. Well, Las Calaveras, you know, as as most people know out there, if they don't know, every year we release the Las Calaveras since 2014. And every year it has the same name. It's made by the same manufacturer. My father's cigars, Don Pepin Garcia and his family uh, down in Nicaragua. Every year the blend changes and every year we try to make the blend unique and different. And there's initials on the sides of the bands of people that have passed away that are either important to us or important to the industry. One way or another, we've had family members on there. We've had old man Patron's initials on there. Um, The old man Fuente's initials been on there before. And so this year's blend, I think really, uh, it's this year's blend really kind of hit it it just seemed to really hit a lot of people's palates medium complex i think that if you're a mild smoker you can move up to that or if you're a full body smoker you can take a step down to the strength level and it just kind of covers a lot of that um uh that clientele out there and it's a nicaraguan puro it's filler binder wrapper rolled all in nicaragua all nicaraguan tobacco we've never done that before with a las calaveras so it was really I think for us, unique and different uh, in that sense. And it turned out to just be an incredible success. I love the, the, the baby blue band that we use this year. I think it really popped off that dark wrapper. Um, and it's been overwhelmingly um, uh, been successful and cheered on. People seem to really, really, really love this year's blend. Nice. So for, for talking limited stuff, you know, uh, we're huge fans of the Tennessee Waltz. Um, there's also stuff like Yellow Rose, Buckeye Land, things like regional, sort of regional limiteds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also the Las Calaveras, which is a yearly, uh, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a, there, it's a new cigar every year, um, but sort of to serve the same purpose to, you know, pay tribute to those, you know, those, you know, people who have passed on before us. Um when talking about limited cigars, what kind of, when you guys get together and have meetings, you know, about how things are performing, you know, different products, what's, what consumers are saying about different products, you know, sometimes we may see a line from, or, or we may notice that a line from a cigar company that we've enjoyed in the past, we're not seeing as much on the shelf anymore, or maybe we don't see it at all on the shelf anymore. When, when you guys are looking at everything from the regular production stuff to the limited stuff, what what goes into your conversations when you are deciding if you're going to maybe maybe take a skew off the shelf for 
for a year, two years, maybe permanently. And how do you guys come about those decisions uh, when you're looking at everything from regular production to limited? Well, it's funny. There's so many layers to that question because when it comes to something like a mule kick, four kicks mule kick, which is a limited edition that we don't do every year, it's really about a blend that is is uh, really now a wrapper that maybe jumps at John that he really wants to use on that particular blend for, for four kicks mule kick. And that doesn't always happen. So we may have that for two or three years in a row, and then it may miss a year or two. And that really comes down to a blend that John really feels is worthy of the mule kick uh, name. There you go right there. Uh, Ernie Ernie does that for us every year. Uh, And then when it comes to regular production stuff, I mean, we've only discontinued one one line, Las Moreas, in our 11 years. Uh, That's the only line we've ever discontinued. Um, Other lines during COVID, we had to put on hiatus because of the limited amount of rollers that a particular partner would have. So let's say like Ernie's factory in Dominican Republic, you know, he got two number ones and number two, um, then COVID. So it was a lot of strain on that factory. And so as partners or, or not business partners, but as in, um, you know, partners and then what we do with Ernie and Ernie looking out for us and our best interests. And we obviously want to, partake and help alleviate some of that stress off the factory. So, you know, brands like Headley Grange or J.D. Howard or Four Kicks Maduro are on hiatus because of the amount of tobacco or the amount of rollers uh, or production that we can get out of a factory. Right. And and then with a brand like Lake Carem, Lake Carem was off the market for a year and a half, strictly because we couldn't get the broadleaf that we wanted. And so the broadleaf, um, you know, I, and, and I always tell this because it, it, to me as a salesman, it sucks when you take a brand like that off, right? Because people enjoy it. They want it. You can sell it. And that's what my job and my role is at Crown Heads. But when I when I see John and Mike, you know, people approach them or say, hey, listen, you could get, you know, a leaf from Pennsylvania. It's broadleaf. Um, or, hey, we're growing broadleaf in Nicaragua. You can use it on Lake Karem. And us saying, you know what? No, um, we would rather take that cigar off the market wait until the, the the correct wrapper is ready and, and and instead of funking you know faking the funk and putting out something with a different wrapper on it and hoping people don't notice right yeah and maybe some people wouldn't notice but I, I think that goes to the to to John Huber and Mike Condor's uh character um and what they believe in and so although it hurts to take a brand like that off the market it's one of those things where if, the, if you're missing a component then you do what you got to do and you take it off the market until that component is readily available um, and then Las Calaveras is a brand. Look, it, it, it is a brand on its own, although mm-hmm. it's different in the sense that it's not the same blend. It's a different blend every year. But that's a project that we are committed to. And my father's committed to creating every year for us. And, um, you know, that one brand sells out in one day. And the production on that cigar is bigger than some people's entire year production on their core lines. You know what I yeah. mean? It's crazy. Um, and so... You know, those all those things play into factors when you're dealing with a product like leaves, tobacco leaves and Mother Nature never makes the same thing twice. When you're working with different growers and you're working with different tobacco brokers and different factories, all of these things play into the difficulty of consistency and creating product on a consistent basis. So what I always tell people is you may not like Budweiser, you may not like Macanudo, but you have to give them credit for being able to make a product consistent always. And that's a very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so, and, th- and as a company, our size, 
right? A lot of people would consider us a mid-sized kind of cigar company. It's hard to always keep up with that demand or to not overproduce or use components that aren't part of the original blend. All those things play into it. And I think people that smoke crown heads or brands of our nature understand that. And they, and, and they understand that, hey, this is not a machine. You know, we're not putting in chemical A, chemical B, and it spits out the product. That these are raw materials mm-hmm. that have a lot of hand working, a lot of blending, a lot of uh, hands that are involved to make this product consistent. If you smoke a four kicks today and you smoked one 11 years ago and it tastes the same, that's not by accident. That is a very mm-hmm. difficult thing to do. So that is in a company our size is very difficult to do. And uh, I think I think people who smoke boutique, smoke artisanal, uh, smoke um, uh, craft, you know, using all the names, <laughs> uh, people that smoke those kinds of brands, a la Crown Heads, understand that your favorite core brand or whatever, or your favorite LE may not be released every year because it really comes down to do you have the product, the raw material? Do you have the ability to create it? Do you have the, the availability to actually put the product in production and get it? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people appreciate that. Uh, definitely. So, Miguel, you know you've got a, a large, you know, Crown Heads has a large fan base here in Minnesota. Yes, I was going to bring that up too. Yeah. I know we've... Raul's comment. We've talked off, off the show a few times, um, but what you know, what would it take for a specific state or region to get into the, the halls of yeah. crown heads to, to get that, you know, I don't think we could do purple rain or, or whatever, but well, let's what, say, but what makes them decide? Yeah. What, you know, what, John and you what, know, yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to give you a quick little rundown on how the, the state blends came about. John obviously wanted to create something for Tennessee because Tennessee has always been there through the CAO years and through the crown heads years. So we wanted to create something for the cigar smokers of Tennessee as a thank you for always supporting guys like John, guys like Mike, guys like Tim. And so that was just something that naturally came about. Um, Texas is for whatever reason in the early years of crown heads was one of the biggest supporters. The retailers in that state just stepped up big time, showed a lot of support. In fact, when our second major hire for an in-house rep, our first was Wes Thornton, who handled Tennessee and the Bible Belt and all that. Um, and then Brian McGee, we had to put someone in Texas because the, the market there was so strong for crown heads. And so it was kind of a, a thank you to Texas for always being there and having crown heads back and always supporting everything we did. And then when it came to Buckeye land, you know, a lot of us have a connection to Ohio. I grew up in Ohio. Tim Osgood, or, or um, not Tim, uh, Mike Condor uh, spent many years in Cincinnati as well. He's originally from Louisville. John Huber's wife, um, she's from Columbus, Ohio. Her last name is Land. That's where Buckeye Land comes from. That's her maiden name. Oh, um, yeah. And then our CFO, um, uh, our CFO, Adam Shepard, who was our CFO at CAO and our CFO at uh, Crown Heads, he went to Miami University in Ohio. And nice. so a lot of us had a connection to Ohio. So we wanted to create something for Ohio. And there was all this kind of, you know, all the stars were lining to do something for the great state of Ohio. And then with Hawaii, Hawaii is interesting because Hawaii is a different blend every year, but it's for one account out there. So it's really not a state exclusive. It's really an account exclusive. Um, and so uh, we do that for Marvin out there in Hawaii. It's called Paniolo. 
And um, John just yeah. was out in Hawaii launching a new Hispaniolo. And it's so much of that ends up back in the lower 48. We ship it all out there. And it's amazing how much of it comes back via orders uh, to the mainland. Um, but that's kind of where it came about. I think John, John's an artist. And I think a guy like John doesn't necessarily, I mean, look, if you wanted to, you create something from New York and California, right? Those are big states, big cigar smoking populations. You'd sell a lot of cigars. It's not about that for John. For John, it's really, it's got to speak to him. It's got to it's got to make sense and he, it needs to come organically to him. And that's another thing that I really love about working with John is it's never about I'm going to do this because it produces this amount of money or I know I can count on it. It's I'm going to create it. We just announced and we're taking pre-orders for a, a Lancero that we're doing. Dude, Lanceros, as you guys know, it, it, we, we just announced that we're doing a four kicks Copa Especial Lancero. And uh, I, I can see his face and it is smoking unbelievably well. Why would we put out a Lancero if it was about selling a million cigars? You wouldn't do that for a Lancero. Um, you, you know, if you're a Lancero smoker, you may have five friends that smoke Lanceros, but overall it's a very small number of this mm -hmm. industry. And so a lot of times it needs to speak to him. And when that blend, John's always believed that blend would taste really good in a thinner Lonsdale-esque size. So we did a Lancero with uh, Ernie. Uh, and that'll be shipping here probably in the next two weeks or so. And so keep your guy, keep your eyes open for the Four Cakes Cop Especial Lancero, beautiful Sumatra wrapper, twelve count box, but it's in traditional pigtail. Um, and so sometimes it's just about being creative, and and that's really where John. So will we do one from Minnesota? I don't know, but if it did, you guys <laughs> would be the first, the first to know. Um, I got to tell you, I've been to Minnesota several times. I love that state. I, I love the fans up there are ravenous for their for their for their teams. Target Field is one of the best ballparks I've ever been to. Yep. There's a there's a lot to love about the state of Minnesota. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, we will uh, <laughs> we'll keep pushing we'll, for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this isn't the last you've heard of us. Because when you when you factor in all the great stuff, I mean, whether you're talking about you know, the color purple, you know, uh, being, you know, Prince and the Vikings and, uh, you know, the whole Minnesota funk scene with Prince yeah, and yeah. Morris Day in the Time. And um, and then you've got like the underground music scene of, you know, atmosphere and curb feelers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's it, a, I, the beauty of your state, too, is I think that's one oh, of the yeah. things that, you know, um, I travel a lot and. I'm in a lot of airports and your guys's airport uh, is one of my favorite airports to be in. It's so nice, so clean, great restaurants. Like it just, there's some, so there's some airports I, I, I dread getting stuck in and your guys's airport is not one of them. Yeah. You say that because I've, I've asked, ser uh, you know, several flight crews and not unanimously, but a high percentage of them, say that their favorite airport to go to is MSP. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, that means a lot. We're very spoiled. We are with, with the airport situation here. So uh, not to, not to bring back up the, yeah, the yeah, issue, yeah. you know, but um, from a sales perspective, and this might be a little dry for some, but from a sales perspective, when you're looking at now at TPE and uh, next spring, and you're looking at sales strategies for, your lineup with the brands that are, we'll say, influx, 
k holding pattern situation how does that change your your strategy for your lines and in, in the brands under crown heads that you can really get behind well i think you know when you're distributing someone else's cigars you know you obviously you're trying to give them a lot of love and support to and tell their story um now as they are going to go off and do their own thing that's something that our sales guys aren't going to be involved with anymore right so we can focus back on 100 on crown heads and then obviously we have tim osgener uh with his his brand as well so that's a story that we need to tell also there's a lot of people that have gotten into cigars over the last 10 years who may not even know who tim osgener is they they you know they think a cao they may think you know uh, ricky rodriguez they may not understand where that company came from right and so that's a story that needs to be told. So Tim obviously has one core line. So Tim's got a lot of stuff that he's been working on behind the scenes, blends and things that you'll see at TPE. We're going to release some stuff at TPE, which we've never really done before. PCA, we're going to continue to do stuff. There'll be a lot of great limited edition and fun stuff that we do. Uh, we love doing limited editions, you know, and, and retailers love it as well. Retailers always say to us, hey, listen, we love selling your core line. We love your core line stuff. But limited editions bring guys back in the humidors. They bring guys in frequently. Mm. What's new? What's happening? And that's something that we've been very strong at doing. So it's so overwhelmingly positive when we get, you know, retailers looking for our limited edition stuff, right? And so for us, it's really just, it's about focusing back on crown heads 100% and, and really giving um, Tim the ability to get out there and run and do what he does best, right? We've always had our own booth at the trade show. And so now it'll be Crown Heads and, and Osgener um, and TPE. It'll be Crown Heads and Osgener. Um, and I can tell you that Tim and John, as they always do, are always working on really great core products as well as limited edition products and a lot of cool, unique things that are coming down the line. So I think you'll see a lot of that over, um, you know, after we get past Christmas, I think you'll see a lot of great, exciting things. I do think we have another exciting project that we'll announce before the end of the year that we'll release That'll be a fun LE that John will get more into uh, very, very soon. But um, we've got some really cool stuff coming down the line. As far as Mil Diaz, Juarez, and CHC, I will tell you I'm not worried about those brands. Those brands are strong brands. Retailers love those brands. They know that they're going to get them from us one way or another. And they will always expect for us, you know, we'll never put out a cigar as we said with Lake Karem, that we cannot meet the the you know the the actual blend and really stay true to what it is. So you'll see that you'll see those cigars. Those cigars aren't going anywhere. Yeah. Well, and that uh I mean I I hate to always go back to it because you know it was a cigar from a couple of years ago, but that that CHC, the full court press, still mm -hmm. holds a special place in my Absolutely. heart. Absolutely. That bl that blend was made by Ernie Ernesto Perez Carrillo and Ernie. Yeah. Um, that was the 2018, and I yes. think we put up the LE in 19, if I'm not mistaken. And I so I love that cigar as well. And it's really funny, man. Old Miguel would always <laughs> would always keep things and store things in my personal collection. A new Miguel or older, more mature Miguel uh, over the last five six years has really decided that it's about smoking them and not collecting them so my personal people will say to me i bet you got a badass collection i said you should have talked to me 10 years ago you know yeah. i mean i had a pretty badass collection but over the last five years i've worked through a lot of that and one of them was um the last couple boxes i had a full court press uh and once they're gone they're gone yeah. but i do think that's kind of the romance of cigars i mean i love talking to somebody who said oh i remember falling in love with the punch rothschild back in the late 80s mm -hmm. and 
Mm -hmm. Or, hey, the Cubans of, uh, of the early 90s, they were so amazing. Or Those are kind of memories that get burnt into the mind, uh, pun intended, burnt into the mind of a cigar smoker that I think is a little bit of the romance of what our, what our industry is. And uh, I love it. I think it's just part of the part of it. And it's like a good bourbon that maybe is 20 or 30 years old that you'll never get your hands on again. Mm -hmm. uh, and you say, you know what? It's meant for enjoying. Um, and mm -hmm. you smoke them, you enjoy them, and you have those memories. And like you, you bring that up. And to me, I, I love that. I mean, if someone says to me, oh, man, you know, that first mule kick you did, or, hey, Las Calaveras 2014, you know, is a popular one. If it meant that much in the minds of a cigar smoker, that means that we did something right. And I think that mm -hmm. is, I think that's special, man. Oh, yeah. Well, and for me, I mean, as much as I loved Las Calaveras 2014, the, mm -hmm. the original blend, I loved it. I thought it was a great blend. But for me, even though maybe from a pure cigar blend perspective, I didn't, uh, I didn't like the blend as much. I still think it's a very good blend. But the 2016, for me, yes. is more meaningful only because that's the year that, that I lost my mom. So that it's a, it's a year thing for me. It's that calendar yeah. year, 2016, you know, and that, so that blends from 2016, it means more to me because of my mom necessarily than that's the blend that, that I thought was the best out of all the years of Las Calaveras. So that yeah. piece I think plays an important factor. Absolutely. It does. Uh, what was the purple one? What year was the purple one? What year was purple? I don't recall. 20, I think. Yellow. Yeah, 20, because 21 was yellow and 22 was, yeah. 20 was my lights out. Well, it's because it was purple. No, no, no. It actually is. <laughs> That's funny. Well, well my Maybe. uncle's my uncle's huh. initials are on that band, GP, Gino Perchez. Oh, so nice. my, my uncle's initials are on that band, and that, that blend meant a lot to me, too, because I sent it to everyone in my family. Um, and, uh, so that I'm with you, I, that blend, I really loved, I really enjoyed, it had a meatiness to it that yes. I really enjoyed. It didn't blow my head off, but I had a meatiness that you usually get from a super full bodied cigar, but it wasn't super full bodied. And that blend really spoke to me. And I, I'm very glad that my uncle's initials ended up on that blend. Awesome. And the fun thing is like, you know, um, I always, John is like every year, what colors are you going to choose? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. That's kind of the fun thing with Las Cal. But, you know, Las Cal, I think when John released it, obviously was inspired by Dia de los Muertos. And that's a holiday that my family and I celebrate every November, mm -hmm. uh, November 1st and 2nd of every year. And, uh, and and a lot of people equate it to Halloween, and it's not. It's a very different holiday. Um, and it's about the celebrating and remembering the people that have passed, right. right? And that's what yeah. Las Cal is. And when you meet people like you who tell that story, me with my uncle, you with your mother. The truth is that is what that cigar is supposed to embody. And so when someone makes that connection, it goes beyond a, a rolled leaf, dead leaves of, of tobacco. It, it's beyond cigar. It's beyond the culture. It's meaningful. And, and uh, you know, Quentin Thornationer said it's about that time, or I don't know what that is, but that, that, <laughs> word, that word time it's really reminds you, uh, Memento Mori, that, you know, you remember that your time on this planet is limited and make sure you try to enjoy as many of the days that we have left on this earth. And yeah. for us, we celebrate it with cigars. And and I think that's what Las Calaveras has grown beyond anything we could have ever wanted it to be. It's become something part of the lexicon of cigar industry. <laughs> and I think that's pretty incredible. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, the reason Quentin is saying it's about that time uh, is because, and and we got to thank Miguel for just teeing it up. I mean, yes. the segue, your segue game is on point because it is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Numero de los Muertos, episode 175. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? This one's going to be fun. Oh, you say that. I say okay. that every week. I'm scared. No. All right. So. <laughs> all right. Here it is. And just no, Quentin. No. Okay. First of all. Now, this comes from the United States. We've got 4,000 people who die every year in this place. In the United States, every year we have 4,000 people who die from this or in this place. Yes. We're getting a little echo, but yeah, we got an echo. I'm going to deal with it. When do we start guessing right now, right now work it in the shower? No, sir. Hmm. Is it a geographical place? Not a specific geographical place. So his answer of shower is more indicative of. Okay. Right on. Like like bathroom, toilet or something like that. Yes. Uh, not Yellowstone. I like that guess. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> Don't put that on screen. Don't put that on screen. <laughs> oh, not the subway. <laughs> Is it uh, in the garage? It is not the garage. I'd like to thank our friend, the cricket, for joining us tonight, by the way, in the studio. There's this cricket who's just... Been... Jiminy, Jiminy, how you how you book the celebrities, Jiminy Cricket, all the way from Disney, I know. in Minnesota, live studio audience, incredible. It's just, yeah, well, that's the kind of budget we have here at How About That So Far. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's unlimited. Kitchen is a great guess. That is not correct. Not in the bedroom. Indoors or, or outdoors? Uh, indoors. Indoors. Uh, not the ocean. Not the attic. Not an aeroplane. In the home or the workplace? Neither. Neither. Mm -hmm. Porta potty. Mm -mm. Oh, very good guess. That is a great guess. Well, um, there's a lot of construction going on, so I. Oh yeah. Yep. During the Hurricane Ian, there were a bunch of porta potties flying all over the place. So, oh, oh, you didn't get any blue showers down on your. Thank God, I saw no blue water. Wow, <laughs> uh, not the bar, not lighting a fire pole. <laughs> I did the fire pole perfectly. He, he, yeah, he did. He was he was like a, a you were like a schoolboy. 
So Raul, our, our brother, is a firefighter in Minneapolis and hey. uh, went and did a little tour of uh, his fire station Yeah, and got to slide down the fire pole. I was like a, a 12-year-old kid, man. It was awesome. We couldn't get him off. He was trying to yeah, yeah I, kept... I know. I, I could see that. I could see him <laughs> dancing on it and you going, hey, that's not the place here. Yeah, he made well, it weird. Well, let me ask you this, though, to get before we get back to your question. When you were sliding down that pole, were you, one, thinking of every kid's kind of, I would like to be a fireman when I grow up? Or two, were you thinking Ghostbusters? We got a live one here, boys. So I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I love that. And it was probably a combination of the two because, uh, you know, I, I was one of those kids, I, you know, firefighter wasn't ever uh, one of my, um, you know, dream occupations, but it was always something I respected. I always loved the fire trucks when they would come to the school and, and yeah. do all that and love that. But uh, no, it's interesting you say that because I thought about that after, after the fact and Matt took a video of it Um and, I did. It's hilarious. Thought about the the Ghostbusters too. That that's really funny. I love it. Um, Four thousand right. people. Holy shit! We actually we have a correct guess. Phone booth? It is not the phone booth. Is it malls? It's not the gym. Is it motels? It's not the mall. Dentist? Nope. Go above mall. In jail. Four thousand inmates die every year on average seriously in jail yep um how most of those uh do well i should say just over half is uh just old age and the other half is uh your run-of-the-mill sicknesses and cancers and everything else no here's a a question are they including people on death row in that number that is not uh no these these are natural deaths correct natural deaths not death row deaths yeah. Yep. Uh, and uh, prison murders were actually a, a smaller percentage than. Yeah. Wow. That one. Uh, I've always enjoyed this part of the show, and I've always kind of prided myself on getting close. This is my worst performance. <laughs> Same here. I was. I was completely off base. I didn't even know where this was going. No idea. Yeah. Wow. So, good one. Yeah. Good. Q. I'm. I'm proud of you. I am proud of you for getting outside of your sick head and giving some <laughs> real. Yeah. And not giving the disgusting usual, like, like, uh, interview with the predator. Yeah. <laughs> Answers. Yeah. He usually gives. <laughs> like uh, Chris Hansen, come in and have a seat. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this 12 year old just needed a friend. <laughs> I mean, good lord, good. That may have been one of the best shows ever on TV. I mean, uh, sir, why do you have straps and uh, and a tranquilizer in the car? I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. How'd they get there? Yeah, and a medium sized pizza. <laughs> What a what a what a great show! Oh, Let me tell you guys, it's a it's a good joke. I think it's a funny joke. But like, if you're ever somewhere and someone says, "Ah, oh, you look familiar," you can always say, "To Catch Predator, season two, episode five. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. 
she looked 21, you know. <laughs> that oh. really screws with people. I love it. Oh, oh my gosh, that would be so I good. A, I was in a really bad place. <laughs> <laughs> My dog just died. Oh. Well, nine times out of ten, you know, if we're at some cigar event or something and people ask about the podcast, they're like, you know, how'd you how'd you and Garrett meet? I, I just to be a jerk right off the bat, I'm like, prison. Yeah. We met in prison. It's I mean, we didn't actually meet in prison, but best the best cellmate ever. Yeah. yeah. Best cellmate ever. Really? Never, never crossed the line, protected me from the gangs. He was just the, the best cellmate. And we Super. decided, you know what? Let's, yeah. let's, let's have a cigar talk. Yeah. It's really yeah. gentle. Yeah. yeah. Really gentle. <laughs> a cuddler. A cuddler he is. No. Well, Miguel, you are a cuddler. Like, you are. Uh, uh... Whoa. No, no, no. Seriously. Whoa. Dude, look at. <laughs> have you ever hugged Miguel? Well, yeah. Right? I mean, his hugs. And you can only imagine what that cuddle game is. And it's oh. gotta be. <laughs> I was, I ranked number one on my cell block for five did years you? in a row. Yeah, I, I did five years I in a row. I was the I'm cuddle champion. It was incredible. All. Yeah. I, I don't like to brag about it, but you know. right. <laughs> I no, put I'm my good. pants on one leg at a time, like everybody else. <laughs> and you take them off one leg. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> when I do it, I make gold records. <laughs> I make hit records. <laughs> You'll be wearing gold-plated diapers by the time I'm done with you. What does that even mean? <laughs> All right, before this goes way off the rails. Yeah, that, that was, was this week. Numero de los muertos. <laughs> I can't even keep it together right now. <laughs> I can't even keep it together. Whoo! Oh, I got to talk. I got to talk. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's do, do this. It. We let's, can do it. Let's can do, do it. a lightning round. Lightning round brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, J.C. Newman is America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brickhouse, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and The American. J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. You're being so selfish, Gene. <laughs> Oh, I, I gotta keep it together. I gotta keep it together. All right. So, uh, Miguel, you've been on the show a bunch, so you've had quite a few of these, uh, quite a few of these uh, lightning round questions. So we're gonna hit you with some newer ones that I don't think you've had before. Yeah. Mm. Um. So if you were suddenly overnight a billionaire, mm -hmm. what would be the first unnecessary thing that you would spend some money on? Um, here's one question. When you say a billionaire, does that mean just a billion or I have several billions? Uh, let's, I mean, let's, let's go big. Let's say, let's say 50 billion. Okay. The first thing I do is I go out and I buy the Cincinnati Reds. All right. That's about, that's about, about a billion dollars right there. So if I had a billion, I couldn't buy the Reds cause they're about a billion dollars. Right. But I would buy the Cincinnati Reds. I and, love it. 
And I would dedicate the rest of my life, besides being a good husband and being a good father, but I would dedicate the rest of my life to bringing another kind of big red machine back to Cincinnati. I would be the Steinbrenner of Cincinnati. That's yes. what I would do. Yes. That's what I would do. And I would have um, – I would do everything. I would I would be worse than the Yankees and Dodgers. I'd be buying every player. Uh, they would probably kick me out of Major League Baseball because I would literally buy everybody and have them on my team. Love it. I yeah. tell people all the time, I've been in this business 20 years, and the only way I think I'll leave this business is if the Reds reach out to me on a lamb and just say, hey, do you want to be our GM? Then I would go – and be their GM. But that would be the first thing. I dream about it. I think about it. I I drool over the opportunity of, of one day running into billions of dollars. That's what I would do. I would buy the Cincinnati Reds. Who would be your G if you if this happened today? Oh, mm-hmm. who would yeah. be the GM that you would go after? <clears throat> to be quite honest with you, I wouldn't go after a big name GM. I would go to like Harvard or Yale and find some crazy nerdy statistician kid who moneyball and pluck them out of out of college and put them in place and i would just i would just create from scratch just a bunch of brilliant minds smarter than me and that's where i would go that's what i like would like how about them apples? How about them? How about them apples? A lot of movie, a lot of movie references. A lot tonight. of movie references tonight. I love I it. I like it. I like it. And uh, but I think that's what I would do. And I would, uh, and then uh, I would hire Joey Votto as my manager. Um, there you after go. he retired, I would give him my manager position, and then uh, that would be what I would do. And uh, that would be my dream of a dream. I would. Just, mm. That's what I would do. And then. With my other billions of dollars, I'd buy a baseball team in every country that I could. So Mexico, uh, Dominican, Venezuela, uh, Cuba, maybe one day, Puerto Rico. That's what I would do. I love it. And and my whole life would be baseball because that's that's my passion in life. Smoking cigars, listening to baseball games. Nothing in this world can make me happier. I can't wait to go to a baseball game with you. Oh, I know. I, I bet I bet that's a ball, just an absolute blast. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Cigars and baseball next year. Yeah, cigars and baseball. We're, we're gonna talk. But we gotta uh, get you. We gotta get oh. you to cigars and baseball, bro. Hey, let me know. I'm down. Oh. Uh, oh. Going to going to a game with me. I don't I don't know how much fun that is. My wife would tell you that it isn't a lot of fun because I'm like, <laughs> shh, shh, I'm watching the game. Don't talk yeah. to me. Don't yeah. talk to me. I'm watching the game, and that's that's uh, you know my kids aren't necessarily into sports and uh people go oh man you love baseball your kids must love baseball and i go you know what i actually kind of backfired on me because when i would take him to games when i was a kid i'd be like don't don't talk to me although my mom when i was little <laughs> she would teach me the game and i was so focused on so i so don't make the mistakes that i made um <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i was so All wrapped right. up in the games i forgot my kids were there next question miguel you're at a bar you're at a cigar bar with friends and it's mm. karaoke night, mm-hmm. and you are forced to get up and sing a song. Yeah. What is the song that you pick? Well, I don't. Um, it may be hard to believe, um, but I do not have a, a great singing voice. Um, that's very tough for me to admit here on live. Mm. Um, I do not have a beautiful singing voice, so it would have to be something, maybe some uh, Rom Romstein, Duhas mm, wow. Mitch, maybe. 
give it a little, give a little German. You know, I got a German mm -hmm. last name. German uh, that way, industrial. that way, nobody would really know if I was doing a good job or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you can always fall back on tequila because it's one word. Uh, but, yeah, but Romstein would probably be my would be my thing. I like it. Nice. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right, Miguel. Mm -hmm. The zombies are coming. Okay. Yep. You get three industry draft picks to be on your zombie apocalypse survival team. Who are the three industry people you choose and why? Good Lord. I'm going to pick Willie Herrera as one of them because he's a big son of a gun. And I feel like Willie could really, I don't know. He looks like he could fight, right? He looks like a yeah. tough son of a gun. I think he and could then, throw down. Oh, and, yeah. then, and then I would probably also pick Jack Taranio. So I'd get the two biggest Cubans ever born, Jack Taranio <laughs> and Willie Herrera. Those would be my front line. Those two guys, they're big. Jack maybe not run very fast, but he's a he's a strong guy. I feel like Jack would be very. And then um, Skip Martin's a smart guy. He worked for uh, I think Dell, so maybe mm -hmm. uh, he would be the uh, kind of the brains of the operation, if you will. And he has a lot of guns. A lot of guns. And then I would probably that's your that's your three. Oh, that's my three. There you, you go. You can get a bonus. You can get a bonus. Who would your bonus be? My bonus, uh, oh God, uh, uh, I would have to pick someone. A sacrificial lamb. You can say it. Yes, a sacrificial lamb. So yeah. I'm going to grab my, our friend William Cooper. I love to <laughs> listen. Coop, Coop, I love you, but I don't see you got to have a sacrificial lamb. Coop, I love you, brother. But you would be the one that we you would be the bait, basically. He would be the bait. Oh, why you gotta do coop like that, man? Oh I love coop, but you gotta have at least one sacrificial. Oh life. you do. You yeah. do. Oh, you know, coop. it's you know. Yep. Oh man, that hurts. Yeah. But, yeah. You're, but you're not really wrong I mean, the, the the joke is you don't have to outrun the zombie. You just have to outrun the guy you're with. Exactly. The, the slowest guy on your team. So. That's, you know, you know, why are my shoelaces tied together? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, that's a, something I saw online. It's if you want to avoid the zombie apocalypse from now on, every every mortician needs to They're, tie together the shoelaces of the people before they put them. A lot of them, them are. The a lot yeah. of them are. are you serious? They yes. actually do that. Yes, they actually do. That's unreal. you just you just ruined next week's numero de los muertos. Okay, <laughs> that was the topic. Sorry, Garrett. So like many cadavers a year get their shoes out. Oh man! But uh, I I I, uh, I love this. Is, you guys, I'm telling you, I love this show. You guys have the best show because we can talk cigars and then we can have fun, man. That's I love yep. that. Yes. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's jump into notable smokables for episode 175. Uh, notable smokables on the show, always brought to us by Luciano Cigars. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, so, Miguel, you know, each week we name a cigar we smoked recently that was notable to us. Um, obviously, you're mostly smoking Crown's Head stuff, uh, but uh, we know every once in a while you get a chance to jump outside of the portfolio. Uh, so is there anything you smoked recently uh, that was notable to you, whether it's new or old? 
Well, I've been on the show a few times, and I have no problem naming other companies that I love. Illusione, Tatawahe, Espinosa, brands I really, truly love. Um, but one that I smoked recently was when I was with Taranio Cigars. I did a stint with Taranio when it was family-owned still. And I got to be involved in creating a cigar called Salutum. Mm. And I smoked all my Salutums. I was completely, I smoked them all. They were out of my collection. And recently, I, I joined my buddy Jack Taranio for, uh, 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 we brought our families together to go to a game in Miami. We watched the Reds and the Marlins play um, a month or two ago. And I, he brought me a full box of Salutum. And so wow. I have been smoking that cigar and enjoying that cigar and recently smoked one with my broker Miguel Montanez out in New York. And it was just kind of neat to be able to smoke something that I hadn't smoked in years that I had a connection to that I was a part of. Obviously, the cigar doesn't uh, exist anymore. And as I joke with everybody, um, if it was a record, it would have gone copper. Um, that's how popular it was. My mom, I think my mom bought a box. My dad bought a box, um, really hot shit, you know, hot brand. Um, but it was really cool. And I have a box of them to smoke and work through and it was kind of neat. So that was a notable cigar. And like I said, I have no problem naming other brands. I love a lot of other brands, but that was a cigar recently, like within the last two weeks that I smoked, um, Quentin said he had bought a box. Thank you, brother. You were uh, the third guy, I think, who bought a box. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and it was it was cool. That was a cool experience. Awesome. Uh, mine this week was a black label trading company uh, cigar limited run intergalactic. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I haven't that got my hands on that one yet. Blew me away. Yeah. Um, so I wish I would have had it sooner. But I'm hearing. They're just hitting now. And um, when they were released originally, they maybe weren't as amazing as uh, as they are now. But I can tell you the one I had was fantastic. Nice. Yeah, I like that blend. Um, my notable this week was another one from uh, when we were when we stopped in Chicago a couple mm-hmm. weekends ago mm-hmm. uh, at Norwood Royal. Norwood Royal. Thank you. I always forget that. Um, they had, <clears throat> uh, they had those uh, LG Lito Gomez, oh yeah, twenty fifteens, mm. and yikes, yeah. So I smoked it. I went uh, just this past weekend. I just got back yesterday. Uh, went fishing uh, way up in fishing and camping way up in northern Minnesota, and um, it was actually my uh, morning cigar. So one morning, got up. Uh, climbed out of the tent and, you know, made some breakfast sitting around the campfire, you know, morning campfire, uh, fired up that, that Lido Gomez 2015, uh, with some coffee after, uh, after camping breakfast. And it was just, you know, right by the water. We're camping on this little Island in the middle of this big lake up in Northern Minnesota. No, not another soul in sight, you know, and, uh, me and the guys are just sitting around this campfire and just enjoyed that cigar. And, you know, some, the, the cigar was fantastic, but you know, the experience definitely, definitely added to it, but a very good. I've, uh, I've never camped before, but that sounds really incredible. It was it, never, never, never camped. Okay. We got to fix that, bro. We got to get, we do got to get you up here. And cause there's so many, I mean, most of Northern Minnesota is just 
gorgeous wilderness filled with lakes and rivers and streams and and it's just glorious yeah we got to get you up there bro we'll leave raul at home with his banjo <laughs> so you're not in danger another movie reference yes thank you you sure got a pretty mouth, yeah. you sure got a pretty mouth. <laughs> well you know it's funny i'm i'm really into true crime and so I I love true crime podcasts, crime junkie, and that's how so many of these stories, you know, they went <laughs> camping. They brought a friend who had never camped before, and he was never seen again. You know, like so it scares but me a little bit. Way to go out. Yeah, you then, know? then then I can ask crime junkie to to cover me on one of their shows. Yeah. Oh. I will advocate on your behalf that <laughs> they do that show. Yeah. Well, if I can't with you two, all I'm saying is look at these guys. Yeah. Look yeah, at those guys. If I don't come back, that's if you're looking you know. for suspects. There's pretty much well, it's pretty much him, really. Well, it may yeah. be him. Yeah. <laughs> the guy, the guy with the banjo, the Puerto Rican the with the banjo. With the, yeah. What yeah. the hell is a Puerto Rican doing with a banjo in the first Puerto place? Puerto Rican, go that's that's suspicious. <laughs> oh man! So that was this week's uh, notable smokable, brought to you by uh, Luciano Cigars. Improving lives through fine cigars. Visit LucianoCigars.com to learn more. So we have some coming attractions to let you guys know about. Uh, and those are brought to us by our friends at AJ Fernandez. They now produce unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The AJ Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. Now, next week on October 10th, we're going to have a really good time. We'll be on the road in Maple Grove, Minnesota at Tobacco Grove uh, with Jeff Hogan and the crew from Crux Cigars. And we're going to invite some other folks from some local Minnesota cigar groups to come join us. We're going to basically just have a herf. We're going to hang out and herf and talk to Jeff about Crux and have a, have a grand time there at, uh, at Tobacco Grove, which is just a really cool shop in Minnesota. Great cigar shop in Minnesota. Great people. Crux yeah. is a great brand. Casey and all those got wonderful people over there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we, uh, and we haven't been there since the last time we interviewed Jeff at Tobacco Grove was literally like two days before the government shut everything down in March yep. of 2020. Exactly. Wow. I mean, it was like right before <laughs> everything got yep. closed. Well, so, what, what could happen this time? Like a zombie apocalypse breaks out after two days after you guys do this one. You never know. Uh, you never know. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. I'm a little, now, now I'm scared. I'm like, what's going to happen? Raul, yeah. we're going to need your banjo. <laughs> yeah. Bring, bring, bring the banjo and the guns, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's what we have coming up on the show next week. Um, so, Miguel, uh, before we close out, give our viewers and listeners uh, the best idea for them to find out everything, all, all the latest and greatest from Crown Heads. Well, <clears throat> first of all, uh, thank you for having me on the show. Love doing this show. Appreciate all the hard work you guys put in doing this show. Um, all your advertisers, everything you guys do are fantastic. I would definitely say that if you want to learn more about Crown Heads, the best place to do it is Instagram, The Crown Heads on Instagram. John Huber, 
the face, the creator behind Crown Heads. He runs an Instagram account. And you can talk to him directly, see his posts, see all the unique and new things that we're doing as far as cigars, um, hats, and swag. And don't forget to check out Oz Family Cigars on Instagram as well. Uh, those are great places to learn about the brands. And then catch us on the road. Check out our website. Check out our road shows. Come to an event and uh, meet one of our great sales representatives and one of our good guys out there in the road pounding the concrete and bringing our cigars to each and every one of you. And, you know, as a reminder, uh, those events are the only place you can get this blood medicine uh, blend that we all had here. And, and it's, I mean, I, I smoked it down. <clears throat> I smoked it down to this. Yep. Nice. Nice. So it's it's a very, very delicious blend. I um, really enjoyed it. And, you know, we don't turn our show into a commercial and we don't advocate for a cigar that that we wouldn't honestly say go and get. But really try and find one of those events. Get get a pack of the yeah, blood medicine. Right on. It's worth it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Well, hang out. Hang out with us uh, for just a minute in the green room so we can say a proper goodbye. Sounds good. Yeah. And, uh, man, episode 175, it's time flies, man. Wow. It's just crazy. Miguel, thank you again, brother, for being thank on you. episode 175. We appreciate it, man. Yep. Thank you guys. All right. For all our viewers and listeners, guys, thank you so much for watching live on Facebook and live on YouTube. You guys are the best part of how about that cigar live. We thank you so much for all of it. If you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thanks again for doing that. Any of those platforms, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, or your favorite audio podcast platform, make sure to subscribe to all of it so you don't miss any of the new stuff we have coming out. AOL. AOL. Whatever. Uh, MySpace. MySpace. Friendster. Mm -hmm. um, the Yellow Pages. Yep. Yeah. So make sure to follow us on all of those. Um, if you guys have questions, you can email us on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Follow us on all social media at hbt cigar and of course until we see you guys next time burn cigars not bridges see you guys thanks everybody